0: This morning, I want to start out thinking about seeds. And Brandon, if you might bring up that picture of the seed that's there in our clip. Yeah, right there. Think about a seed. They are so small. I mean, seeds fit right there in the palm of your hand. In fact, as you see, I mean, they can fit in a crease in the palm of your hand. But do you know that each seed has a secret? Each seed has a secret. And maybe that's why when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, he often used the image of the seed. He said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. He said the kingdom of God is like one who goes out and and sows the seed, scatters the seed... He says the seed is the word of God. He often uses the image of the seed. And as Jesus uses the image of the seed, you begin to to realize that perhaps what a seed does, part of the secret that the seed holds, it's it's about what is happening in the kingdom of God and how God works in the life of the world and how God works in, in your life and in my life. So I want to invite you to think about a seed. I mean, you know, what happens with the seed, particularly if the weather stays kind of spring-like as it is right now. I, you know, I, I don't know if I'd preach this in the middle of the week when it was 7 degrees outside. It would have seemed as appropriate. But but right now, when you go outside, and you go, boy, spring is on the way. The spring is on the way. I think about those seeds and what's going to happen with the seed. I'm going to go ahead. Uh, you know, I'm going to dig a little bit of the soil. I'm going to put that seed down in that soil. You put it down in there. You water it. You fertilize it. You... you weed around it, you know, you do all of this cultivation, as you cultivate around that seed, then what begins to happen? Is that seed begins to put down roots, and it sends up shoots, and it's going forward, and it's going to bear fruit, and, and what you begin to see as you look at the seed, and how the seed bears fruit, is that there's a sowing, and then there's a growing, that there's a cultivating and that there's a germinating and that we have a part to play and that God has a part to play. And then you begin to get the sense that part of the secret that the seed holds is that the way God works in the world is through collaboration. That when God taught, when God begins to move and work in the world... It is about sowing and it is about growing. It is about cultivating. It is about germinating. It is about you and it is about God. It's about how all works together. How you work with God and how God works with you and what happens out of that. And that's what echoes through Ecclesiastes as I read it in the scripture this morning. I mean, as the writer starts out in Ecclesiastes, he starts out with the whole notion of how God works in the world. And as I said, he he uses the illustration of the wind, you know, blowing across the face of the, you know, the plains or the sea or whatever. He says, you know, we cannot predetermine how the wind's going to blow it. And no, we can't. And he says, and we can also not predetermine how, we don't know how a soul comes into the life of a child in the womb. We don't know that. Those are things that, that God knows, you know. That's God's activity. That's what he says. And then he, you know, so it, that, that's all a mystery. And he could have stopped right there. The writer could have stopped right at that point, right at the end of verse 5, and says, well, that's how God works in the world. But that's not where he stopped, is it? He goes on to verse 6. He says, God works, you know, in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. God works uh, in the world in ways that we don't know. But just because we don't know how God works in the world, don't let that slow you down from working in the world. Don't let that slow you down from engaging in how God, how you would do your work as you understand what God would have you to do in the world. And so what he does is he comes along and says, make sure in the morning that you sow the seed. And make sure in the evening that you keep on cultivating it because you, you, know, you don't know exactly what's going to happen with that seed. You know, whether it's going to be, you know, what, what happens in the sowing, what happens in its cultivating. It's going to bring forth fruit you're not quite sure about. Whether it's all in God's, you know, how much is God's part? How much is your part? You don't know how much is both parts. But, he says, but you know, when you get to the end, what you can trust that it's going to be good. He says, you don't know whether it's going to be this or that, but he says, you know what? When you get to the end, you can trust that it's going to be good. Now, I look at that verse from Ecclesiastes, I think about that whole notion of collaboration, and I think about the life. And this is a way that I, I look to like, uh, one way I like to look at life, that life comes to us as seeds of opportunity and as seeds of possibility. And you and I, you know, we cannot predetermine what those opportunities or the possibilities are going to be. You know, if we could do that, you know, we would kind of be calling up particular opportunities or possibilities. We would kind of be controlling things the way we want to control them. But we can't do that. We don't know what the opportunities are going to be, what the possibilities are going to be. But they're going to come. They are going to come. They're going to come, I think, as a stranger. A stranger who you meet or I meet is possibility, an opportunity to make a friend. They're going to come in a failure. And in that failure, there's a possibility to learn a lesson. And there's an opportunity to continue to, to take a step forward as you learn that lesson in a way that may ultimately lead to a breakthrough for you may come as a quarrel. And in the midst of that difference, maybe we we're invited to be creative about what happens in the midst of that difference in a way that what it does is it begins to strengthen your relationship and, and build bridges. And if it's in the midst of a business, maybe even get better results. It comes as a victory. A victory that can be shared, that begins to share joy with with all around, people all around. See, life comes as an opportunity, and life comes as a possibility. It comes as seeds to all of us. Now, I have to admit that I would like my life to come as a cake fully baked. I don't know about you. you know, I would like God to come and say, here it is, it's all done, you know, take it away until so, like, I do a slice and eat it, and, and on you go, and, and, I, and I would love that, and, and you might like that too. But we know that the way it comes, I mean, it comes as the ingredients, <laughs> And really, what life is about is about living, living into the opportunities, living into the possibilities that God brings to you. And so we think about cultivating one word. We think about one word as a seed. We think about one word Margaret did a really nice job putting forward some of those one words and if you pick one of those words, what kind of possibilities, what kind of opportunities might that one word open for you? And last week, the first week in the series, like I said, we just talked about the whole notion of a tran- the transformative notion of a word, and then last week we talked about choosing the word, and if you weren't here last week and you're thinking, well, what did they say last week about choosing the word? Well, I want to let you know that we have the sermon notes there out at the welcome desk. If you want to stop by and pick them up, you can, and, and you can read uh, my uh, 20 minutes uh, stuff in all about three seconds, on that. <laughs> will go back and forth. But they're they're there about how to, how to choose a word, and hopefully your work and I'm choosing your word and as we choose our word as you pick your word your seed the one way you would want to invite God to work in your life then you begin to think okay I'm inviting God to work in my life in this way okay what's my part to play in the collaboration what do I need to be doing and that's the whole notion of cultivating the one word cultivating your word cultivating you doing your part as God does God's part in terms of how God would bring that word forward in in your life. And so this morning, I want to uh, quickly think about three ways I'd invite you to cultivate the word that you choose. Here's the first thing about cultivating. Keep your word before you. Keep your word in front of you. You know, whatever you keep in front of you, you don't forget. And so what we're invited to do is, as you think about it, how am I going to cultivate my word, figure out ways to keep your word in front of you. In the Old Testament, what they did was they used to have what they called phylacteries, which were leather pouches. And they wore the phylacteries on their forehead, and they wore them around their left arm. And as they wore those leather pouches, what they had in those were the script were scriptures. And the reason they had those scriptures in there is because that way they would always have those scriptures, that word of God, you know, before them. And that's how they can't focus on the Word. Now, men, so maybe next week come in and you can wear a phylactery. No, don't do that. I'm not not suggesting anybody comes in with a leather pouch in the front of your forehead. That's maybe carrying it a bit too far. But, you know, but that's the concept. Uh, see, because what happens, maybe you're a person that does sticky notes. I like to do sticky notes on my bathroom mirror or other place on my refrigerator. You know, maybe that's how you keep, might keep a word before you. In a couple of weeks, part of, or next week, not a couple of weeks, next week we're going to have a business card that's going to be in your bulletin. And that business card's going to give you an opportunity to write your word on the front of that card and write a verse on the back of that card. And as you do that, go ahead and stick that in your wallet. So right there with your credit cards and your driver's license, there's your word. That's a word to keep. That's a way to keep the word in front of you. Or maybe you want to go ahead and stick your word on your uh screensaver on your phone or on your wallpaper on your phone. Or maybe you want to make it a hashtag. Maybe you want to put it on your Facebook page. Maybe you want to get a creative and you know, paint it on the side of a coffee cup. I heard one person, they had the word peace and they used river rock and they outlined it in their flower garden. You, know, you all can be creative. I uh, leave it up to you. But the whole notion is when you want to cultivate the word first thing, figure out how are you going to keep your word in front of you. As you figure out how you keep your word in front of you, the second thing that you begin to do is to use your word as a lens to look at your world. Your word that's in front of you becomes a lens for how you see your world. I want to tell you when you use your word to start looking at your world, you're going to see how that word starts cropping up all over the place. Opportunities, possibilities for that word—they they just come out of, they just come from everywhere. Adam used a really, I thought, it was a great illustration of a couple of weeks ago. He said he and Mallory had gone out, they had picked out a new car that they were going to be driving, and they liked the model, and they liked the style, and they said, oh, there's, you know, nobody else, is. this is so unique, not many people are driving this car in the Metroplex, you know, as soon as you do that, and you get out on the road, you know what begins to happen? Everywhere you look, there's that car, <laughs> and, and that is the truth, and you know that. Or you pick out, you know, you start wearing, you you buy a shirt at the store and you're thinking, oh, this is such a great shirt. All of a sudden you start seeing the shirt other places. You know, I mean, that's just the way it happens. I mean, you you focus in. As soon as you start focusing, you start to see it everywhere. The opportunities are are all around. I I know uh, a couple weeks ago we were in staff. I had shared with the staff that my word is breathe. And so we are in staff. I was getting really excited about something. I, I don't know if I was on a rant or whatever. But I was in the middle of kind of going after it. And, and one of the staff said, Hey, Paul, remember your word. Breathe. You know. <laughs> you know it was great. You, know, you hate it when other people see opportunities and possibilities for you to live into your word, you know. So, yeah, I know what y'all going to do for me. <laughs> We're going to do this for a year. Thank you. But, but you see. I mean, opportunities, the possibilities—you know—they're all around us. All you have to do is start looking at your world through your word. And then the third thing is when you see that opportunity, when you see that possibility, seize that opportunity, seize that possibility. You've all heard the expression. When opportunity knocks, answer. <laughs> see, because opportunity, the whole point of opportunity is to lead into obedience. And cultivation at the end of the day is an action. And so what happens is when we begin to choose our word, when we begin to keep it in front of us, when we begin to look at our word, world through our word, we begin to see, oh, here it is. You know, God's done God's part. It's time for me to do my part. It's time for me to step forward into the opportunity that my word is presenting to me so that I can live into my word. That's, that's the final step in cultivating your word. I heard about a person that chose the word engage. And the reason they chose the word engage was they had a tendency in the middle of uh, times of conflict in their life to kind of um, to disengage. If there was a conversation that quite, wasn't quite going their way either in a personal setting or a business setting, they would just kind of step back and they'd kind of withdraw, retreat. I mean, they'd still physically be in the room, but they just kind of shut down. And this person chose the word "engage" because what they wanted to do was stay engaged. And so when they started looking at their experiences in life, their world through their word, and they saw, okay, here's my opportunity to engage, what they did was they didn't pull back from the conversations they continued to speak up. They continued to offer their thoughts. They continued to bring forward what was on their mind. You know, they continued to stay engaged. And as they continued to stay engaged, here is what they found. That people did listen to them. That what they had to say was important. They did feel empowered. They did find that their words made a difference. See what happens when they decided to sow that seed. When they decided to cultivate the word, it had impact. It had impact for them. It had impact in the lives of people around them. And so I love the way that Ecclesiastes kind of wraps the whole thing up. He says, you know, you, know, you don't know when you kind of get in the middle of all this kind of, of thinking, whether, you know, is this what God's doing? Is it what I'm doing? Is it this or that? He says, but when you work together, when you get the sense of, I'm going to do my part, I'm going to cultivate my one word, that's going to be good. That something good is going to come out of the midst of all of it. I love our last hymn. Our last hymn is Trust and Obey. And it is a a favorite, uh, I think, of of a lot of folks. And and the words in Trust and Obey goes like this. When we walk with the Lord in the light of God's word, what a glory God sheds on our way. And I think about that. And sometimes what I like to do is paraphrase those hymns. I don't know if you all ever do that in your mind, but I'm thinking, okay, how about if we... Think about it like this. When we work with the Lord in the light of our word, what good things God brings to your way. God works collaboratively. There's a sow and a grow. There's a cultivate and a germinate. There's you, there's God. We trust and obey. That's the secret of the seed. And that is the wonder of the one word.